young man who came to see me about um, his son doing um, well in school but suffering from some aspects of anxiety was watching some of these classes that I've been presenting and um, interestingly enough he told me an interesting story about himself that he remembers when he was about seven years old he was um, playing around with a neighbor with a little girl and uh, the little girl was um, three he was seven and uh, she liked him she would tease him he would tease her he would take away her toys she would run screaming to her mommy and uh, this was in a country-like setting and then one day he remembers clearly and he said he's been carrying it in his mind all his life how she you know, moved herself closer to him and up against him and how he felt very attracted and very excited about this little girl. And somehow the next time she stayed away. She didn't come close to him anymore. And he didn't know why but it turns out that his mother heard from the mother of the young little girl that something was wrong and uh, he should stay away from her. And he said he always tried to get back and make friends with her, but she was told by her mom to run away from him and not to go anywhere near him. And as he's remembering this, he realized that what it was, was the possibility of him developing an attraction and a possibility of molestations of a younger child. He said he'd never acted on it again. The opportunity never presented itself to him even though as he grew older he thought about it once or twice about maybe acting on it but he never did so when we talk today about the um, causes of what is it that makes young boys one in twenty is the research based data one in 20 boys, it's one in 4,000 or something like that women, but boys, it's one in 20. What makes them turn into doing the molestation? So, again, there are different kinds of theories, and I will present today just one which is based on a book that you will be able to see for yourself who the writer is it, and uh, it's talking about the stopping of molestation stop child molestation what ordinary people can do in their everyday lives to save three million children
which are the victims. So, in the theory of this particular book, and again, there are other theories, and this could be a forever kind of a discussion in different reasonings, the Dr. Abel and Harlow feel that it is a development based on the t- testosterone in a child early development and then as a young teenager 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 which is most of when the molestation starts developing if there is a predilection for it if there is an a sort of a, a, a interest in a child to want to do these kind of things which makes it so that he's attracted to younger children. Um, the idea is that a child will start fantasizing about younger children. Um, younger children are, are not so inhibitive about what they wear, what they don't, and when they will see at one time uh, a younger child, they'll touch them, they'll uh, feel their bodies up against them. Something happens that the testosterone starts kicking and somehow it sort of wakes up within some young men the ultimate downslope of going into the actual act of molestation. Not the, the, the actual diagnosis is pedophilia. Um, but it can be developed. Again, if it's a matter of does a child uh, keep thinking about it, keep fantasizing, and if that's what happens, they will develop it. So the real aspect that I would like to um, focus on tonight is the possibility of stopping this. Because everybody is talking about, and it's very important, and we dealt with it in our previous series, about letting parents know, letting children know, how to empower them to defend themselves, not to allow others to touch them in inappropriate ways, etc. And of course, in developing close relationship with your children, so that your children are not afraid to tell you about what's going on in their lives. But this is about also stopping one of our own children in developing the possibility of being a molester. And that will stop thousands and thousands of children, millions of children from being molested, in the theory of Abel and Harlow. The idea is that if a child is found out to have fantasies about younger children, much younger children, that means, again, five years younger than who they are. It's a 14-year-old thinking about a 9-year-old or younger, etc., So, if that's their attraction, as a rule, a child will not tell you about those attractions. So, in Stop Child Molestation book, they deal with how do you talk to these children and find out whether they're going in that direction. Because a person can actually develop the diagnosis of pedophilia and never have molested. The chances are that if if they've developed this diagnosis of pedophilia, of the attraction to younger children, they will ultimately molest for the first time maybe before the age of 18, 
which is what the research shows. And a child will, not knowingly understanding what they're doing, not knowingly that it's not knowing that it's wrong, and obviously not talk about it to anyone. And this is almost 88% of the molestation that happens is by these kids at a younger age, and this is where it begins. We are not talking about now the, the, the um, adult who has already turned into a professional so-called molester who's molesting, again, on the, on the range, it's only 20 or 15 or 10% of all of the molestation going on because most of them are by children that are younger and that don't necessarily develop this to be a, a, a career, so to speak. So, the way I, I see it, and as I told you in the beginning of this class, this man that told me the story, and as I listened to people in talking about how and what happens to them when they start thinking about younger, younger children, it's like it's a slippery slope. It's a, almost like what I would call a crime of opportunity. They don't necessarily plan for this, but it, they stumble into it. It's like walking on ice. You know, you're, you're going to keep walking, but ultimately you can fall because you start slipping. And when you start slipping, you fall and you keep on falling. And you remain down on the floor because you can't get up anymore. It's, it's a, it becomes available to you, it's slippery, and you keep falling, and you keep falling further and further down. So, if we are able to talk to our children, and the language I'm not going to get into on this class because it's a difficult language, but it is available on this, in this book of how to find out, again, from our children, whether they have that predilection, whether they have that interest in younger children, so that we can help them early on and with knowing that diagnosis, there are specific therapies, cognitive behavioral therapies, not by just general practitioners of social workers or family therapists, not they're specifically trained in dealing with this specific diagnosis of pedophilia. They've dealt with many children like that. It's a way of moving their thinking in a different direction and also through medicine. The medicines are SSRIs that either are prescribed by general practitioners, depending who the therapist is working with, or a psychiatrist, but they stop, ultimately, the drive of the child. This is increased doses of, of medications that you are aware of that people sometimes take for depression, but in their increased dose, they will help a person bring their drive down from spe these specific um, attractions. And that way, if we ultimately work hard at also protecting our own children, because the, the picture of the child who 
becomes the molester is anyone in any one of our families. It's, it's not somewhere in a bad neighborhood. It's some, not somebody that, that, is, that has a, a, a bad or, or inappropriate upbringing. It can happen to the best and to the most innocent, which is, as you look around, again, it's everywhere. One in 20 boys, as I repeat. So, we, we are possibly able to guide our children in a direction that will help them not go down that slippery slope of becoming molesters. And hopefully through reaching out to them and talking to them, by creating a relationship that allows for them to tell us about what kind of attractions they have. And this book is the book that is going to be flashing on your screen, which will show you and will guide you in trying to understand this. And again, my plea and my hope is that all of us will reach out to our friends and our neighbors in telling them that this, is, this possibility is everywhere. Again, as I mentioned before, one in four girls is molested, one in six boys is molested. And 88% of them are by innocent bystanders, not by these very widely known molesters that, are, that have been um, imprisoned or, or, or communities are screaming about that we need to report. And we do need to report. I understand that lately there was a PSAC, a, a, a law-abiding, uh, a, 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 um, a PSAC meaning a, a, um, a halachic decree given out by the rabbinical court of Australia in Melbourne that we have to report. This is after um, different halachic authorities have already told us that we must report these kind of activity when we find out about them. We can't allow for them to continue. This is the only way, and one of the only ways, we will also stop them. But again, that's already once it's happened. Before it happens, there's also a way of stopping it in the first place. And this is a, a, a different way of thinking about it and a different way of doing it, but hopefully each one of us will take this seriously and we will, with our effort together, lessen the effects of these molested and hurt children. In our next um, class, we will... Deal with, I will deal with questions that I've been receiving emails from all of you. I've not had a chance to answer most of you. Some of you I've already answered, but I'm hoping to answer some of those questions again in the last of the six series video on abuse and molestation. Have a great evening.